Even as we ascend this mountain, O God, we thank you because we are being translated into the nature of the God of the mountain. Let all the praise be unto you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning. Uh, I want to believe that everyone from across the world um, has been fasting, we've been fasting, and we've been praying. Good morning, people of God. Good morning. I will, I will not stop saying good morning until everyone says good morning. <laughs> Unless you cannot hear me. Ah, good morning, Ijomawakuchi. I greet you, Hannah. Emily, Goss. Greet you, Kate, Elora, Lashanda. It is good to see you all. Judy, Lovina, Hallelujah, Mudupe, Nkoyo. I greet you all. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise God. It's a good morning. And if you've been joining all the sessions, this is our third session. Praise Jesus. I'm grateful to God for what He's doing. Thank you, Kemi. I look radiant, right? takes a lot to do that at 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, how was yesterday for you guys? First day of fasting. I want to hear some people tell me about it. How, how did it go? Was it good? Was it easy? Was it hard? Did you struggle? You know, how was grace available? Someone says it was powerful. It was a blessing. Very good, mom. Okay, okay. Uh, revelatory, thankful. We thank God, we thank God. How was the fast? Hope you held up. How many people could not manage, you know? Uh, so much grace. And I woke up easy today. Yes, and light. Yes, that's what happens, actually. You know, um, if you actually can push it and, and do fruits and vegetables, oh my God, best thing for you. When you wake up in the morning, you know you're good. I almost ate a cookie, serious temptation. Ah, may cookies not make us break our sanctification in Jesus' name. <laughs> ah, it was easy. Oh, good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> ah, his grace was sufficient. Fantastic. Yes. Oh, someone just started today. Welcome, welcome you know welcome um you see the thing is everything we do there's a place that self-determination comes in but there's 99 percent of it is god you know and i think the most critical thing at seasons like this you should just commit it all to jesus and constantly commit it all to jesus you'll be shocked the amount of power generated when you give everything to Jesus. Because what happens is he's already resident on the inside of you, but the intentionality and consciousness of committing it to him is what releases power. So you have to intentionally, as you go through the 
day say lord jesus i give it to you i know i cannot do 21 days on fruits vegetables or even breaking at six on my own you know i'm gonna need your help and you'll be shocked what jesus will do um in you with you for you through you uh, so i encourage you all to, to to fast there are several um scriptures in the bible maybe one of these days i'll do an instagram live with pastor stephanie and we will share on the benefits of fasting um to even to your physical body there are benefits of, of fasting you know um there are benefits tremendous benefits um so you can't be a person of power and not um fast you know one of the fathers of the faith said to me um last week he said um apostle you see where we are now and the kind of people that god has called us to be we cannot afford to eat seven days a week and it struck me i was like it's true for seven days you will just be putting food in your mouth straight seven days like why you know and considering where the world is at considering the amount of attacks on our families and our children sometimes we just have to forget food you know where we want to go the future you want to have you have seen generational patterns in your family you have seen brokenness so where we are and the amount of weight that god has put on us and the responsibility he has given to us in leadership you cannot eat for seven days a week. It is impossible. It's not possible. You are running a Fortune 500 company and you are eating seven days a week. Meanwhile, your mates in the dark demonic realm are ascending mountains and sitting for two weeks, one week without food. They are sitting in the belly of a deity, seeing demons, spirits being wrapped up by pythons day and night. Then when they emerge, you will hear, ah, Forbes 100. And you think they got there because of their qualification. So we cannot afford as believers to joke with things in the name of grace. I always say to you people that grace is not the permission to do as you please or to give in to your weaknesses. That's not the definition of grace. Grace is the ability to execute the commands of God on the strength of God. So grace gives you strength to do what pleases the Father. So we cannot cry grace is available and then we fall into seeing brokenness and patterns of immorality and think that that is what grace is here to do. No, grace is here to help you avoid those things and to stand solidly upon the commands of God. So grace is available in the name of Jesus. Grace is available. Grace is available. Some people say they cannot hear me. May you hear me in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay, media, please adjust it for everyone. Fantastic. Let us proceed. Um, yesterday morning session, we began with Matthew 16. When you can hear me properly, just let me know. Um, you can hear loud and clear. God's grave is not available. Grace is. I know that was a typo, but it's okay. <laughs> I can't seize an opportunity or miss an opportunity to crack a joke. So, okay, loud and clear, Pastor Bambi. Thank you so much. All right, um, yesterday we began with Matthew 16 and I started to teach you that um, it is impossible for you to talk about building without talking about the blueprints in himself. Because Christ is the blueprint of everything that we build. Christ is the blueprint of everything that God has predestined to be created. So when you look at witty inventions on the earth, um, and as much as we want to glorify men and we want to acknowledge the fact that men have done well, we must also acknowledge the fact that all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the understanding and capacity comes from God. 
it is from the throne of God that men receive the ability to craft, to build, and to create here on earth. So the first thing I want us to pray about today is that, Lord, give me the ability to see as you see. Give me the capacity to hear as you hear. Give me the ability to think like you think. Let us make that prayer because there is something there for us. You know, um, when men see like God, when others are crying trouble, pain, fear, running away, men that see like God are able to stand. And in the midst of what other people are running from, those men are able to see opportunity. When you see like God, you don't see fear. When you see like God, you don't see defeat. When you see like God, you don't see failure. When you understand like God, even if they put you in a desert, you will cause waters to spring forth because you have the ability that God has. So make that prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I begin to pray concerning my life and concerning my destiny. I pray for myself. I pray for my husband. I pray for my children. And I pray for the people in my ministry. And I pray for everything and everyone that is connected to me. That in the name of the Lord Jesus, that let there be a revolution in the way that we see. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Bible says that darkness will cover the earth. Deep darkness its people. But in the midst of it all, that the Lord will rise up. He will rise up with light, he will rise up with revelation. I decree and I declare that even in this day of darkness, that in this season of darkness, in 2024, when men are going to be afraid and when others will stir up war in the nations, I decree and I declare that in this year, I am entering into my year of greatest sight and greatest revelation in the name of Jesus. I begin to possess the gate of my eyes. I decree and I declare that in the name of Jesus, that this his eyes will see like God. I decree and I declare that I will not judge from the sight of the eyes or the hear that I be moved by emotions. But in this year 2024, I decree and I declare that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that my eyes receive new sight in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree and I declare that there is a rod of righteous judgment in my hand. That in this year 2024, I begin to tear every veil of darkness. I begin to tear every veil of confusion I begin to rip apart every veil that darkens counsel in the name of just whether these be people, whether these be locations, every altar raised from the pit of hell to derail my vision, I decree and I declare that by the power of the Holy Spirit, those altars catch fire in Jesus' name. Every altar that was erased to deceive me and derail me, I declare that those altars are set on fire in the name of Jesus. Whether the altars be people, whether the altars be systems, whether the altars be cultures, as it pertains to my life and to my destiny, I decree and I declare that I will not be derailed and I will not be deceived. In the name of the Lord Jesus, now begin to pray for your ears. The Bible says that when we go to bed in the dead of the night, that the Lord will come and seal our ears with instructions. I declare that my ears have 
and the ears of my family and the ears of my ministry and the ears of everyone under the sound of my voice ha, is sealed and covenanted ha, to the voice of God in the name of Jesus. I will not hear like the world hears in the name of Jesus. When I listen to the news, ha, I will not hear like they have programmed the world to hear. But I declare and I decree that I will hear the truth of God ha, and I will hear the vision of God. Ha, I will hear the mission of God. Ha, I will hear the position of God in the midst of the circumstances of life. Ha, in the name of Jesus, I speak to my ears. Ha, I say, you are covenanted to God. You will not hear the way that others hear. But I say to my ears, you will hear the sound of the voice of your master. Any other voice that is not the voice of Jesus. All my ears, you will not respond to such a voice. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I declare that my ears are coded to hear Jesus. In the midst of the storm, my ears will not hear the wind. My ears will not hear the roaring waters. But my ears will hear the voice of Jesus. Come on, somebody pray, pray, pray. I declare that my ears is a point of covenant. My ear is a point of covenant. My ears are nailed to the doorpost of my master's house. I will hear the coming in and the going out of the gates of heaven. My ears are covenanted to trade at the gates of heaven. Pray, pray, pray. If you have ever struggled with depression, if you have ever struggled with any kind of mental illness, begin to pray for your ears right now. Begin to pray for your ears right now. I say your ears will not be possessed by demon in the day of the night that you should kill yourself. I rebuke those voices in Jesus' name. Come on, speak to your ears. The Bible says that the sheep will hear the voice of the shepherd. The voice of another you are not, you should not be able to hear or understand. Come on, Mekaru Sata. Pray for those ears. Pray for those ears. In the name of Jesus. The Bible speaks concerning the people in the camp where the lepers were walking to. The mighty army coming, all of them ran away. They abandoned all their goods at their tent and they left it. Why? Because they heard a sound. <laughs> what they heard was the sound of terror and they ran away. Listen to me, there are people that have run away and have left the inheritance that God gave to them in their nations. There are people that have run away from relationships. There are people that have run away from churches. There are people that have run away from businesses. There are people that have run away from um, callings and ordination because of what they heard. So when I say pray for your ear, I'm telling you something. Because the ear is not just a gate, but the ear is a point of strength. The ear is a pillar in the spirit realm. When the pillar of the ear is broken, a man is rendered vulnerable to any kind of propaganda. 
thunder, any kind of agenda or command from the pits of hell. Pray for your ears. That your ears will not be vulnerable. Because let me tell you something, the ears have a strong connection with sight and revelation. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But how does a man think? It is by the product of the information that the man receives. You can see a thing, but hear something different. You can see a thing, but hear a different instruction. Two people can be looking at the same thing, but they hear it differently. Because of how they hear. The filter of your ears is very important. God can say to one man today i am going to confront your your sin and your issues and the man will break down in repentance but god can say to another man he can say today i will confront your sin and your issues and the man's heart will be lifted up in pride and anger it was the same god that spoke to saul that spoke to david when god spoke to saul Saul said, please just come and bless the sacrifice so that the people will not think I have failed. But when God spoke to David, he ripped his garments and he laid on the floor and he wept before the Lord. Why? Because they both heard the voice of God differently. The next level of your life and the next structures you will build is connected to how you hear. So when I tell you to pray, you have to enter into the realm of the spirit. Some of you, as you pray now, you will begin to see places where your ears were locked. You will see places where they stuff things into your ears so that you will not be able to hear accurately. Even in the day that greatness comes to you, you will hear it as weakness. You will hear it as confronting your pride or confronting who you are. Listen to me. There are men that have failed in this life because they could not hear the instructions of God effectively. There are people that have lost their children because they could not hear their children. When the child was saying, mommy, this is how I feel. Daddy, this is how I feel. They could not hear. And today, their relationships with their children are strained for the inability to hear. Hearing does not only come from physical conversations. There are conversations in the spirit realm. The realm of the spirit is laden with words. Maybe with the words of God, maybe with the words of demonic entities. There are chants, hexes, spells, incantations, and sorceries that are embedded within the spirit realm. Every time you are walking through a location, you are moving through channels of words that have been embedded in it. That's why people enter certain nations and they begin to think differently. Why? Because there are words that have been reserved within the heavens of that nation. So that even when you are not planning to hear, you begin to hear things that your ears were not supposed to hear. Today, pray. The Bible speaks concerning the bond servant. That when a man that has served his master and it is time for him to be released, if the man then says that servant then says, I have served this master, this master has been good to me. I do not desire to leave his service. That servant can then decide that he wants to become a bond servant. And then the sign of the bond servant is that the ears of the servant will be taken to the doorway of the master's house and that it will be nailed to the master's doorway. And when they remove it, you will see that hole. So that piercing of the ear is a sign that you have been bound to that master. So everywhere the bond servant went, when they saw it, they will say, this one belongs to a master. Listen to me. Your ear is a sign of your covenant to Jesus. Your ears, how you hear, is a sign that you have given yourself completely to the household of Christ. You cannot be a person that wants to build in 2024. 
and you set your ears at every kind of demonic altars. You set any video on Instagram you play it, anything you listen to in the name of information. It is not information that makes men great. It is the word of the Lord and the voice of God and targeted conversations from heaven that makes a man great. So you cannot say to me that because you need to, 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 to make money, you have to be everywhere and listen to everything. No! Some of those things are taking more from you. If only we would draw back into what we have on the inside, we will see that we have more resources than what is in the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he to raise your businesses, he that is in you, than the strategies that is in the world. Greater is the God that is in to teach you how to raise your sons. The one in you is greater than all the different political positions of our children that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. You must hear the voice of he that is in you if you will be greater than the world. So pray. Pray again for your ears. Pray again for your ears. At this point, you can hold your ears and say, my ears will not be excited by the rumors of men. My ears will not be excited by the lofty speech of men. But my ears are covenanted to God. I speak to my ears. I say, You are nailed to the doorpost of the house of God. I speak to my ears. I say you will hear the back and forth and the movement of the angelic host of heaven. I speak to my ears. I say you will hear the godly conversations of the throne of God. Oh my ears. You will not hear the torments of the pits of hell. Oh my ears. You will not hear the voices of accusation. The arrows that have been shot from the pits of darkness. But my ears. You will hear the rejoicing of God. The Bible says he rejoices over us with singing. I speak to my ears. There is a melody of rejoicing over you. My ears, you will hear the melodies of God over my life. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my ears. You will hear what God has ordained for my children. You will hear what God has ordained for my sons. You will hear what God has ordained for my mentees. You will hear what God has ordained for everyone. Positioned under my voice. Under my ministry. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my ears. You will hear the good will of the Father concerning the nations of the earth. Oh my ears, you will hear the commands of Yeshua. You will hear the commands of Elohim and Adonai concerning the boundaries of the nations. Oh my ears, you will hear the inventions of God. You will hear the coming seasons and the coming patterns by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, break open this morning huh, and begin to hear huh, according to the voice of the shepherd you will hear in my house huh, I declare huh, that my ears will not hear disagreement in my marriage huh, but my ears will be able to hear my husband huh, and my husband will be able to hear me huh, in the name of Jesus I declare that my sons have ears that can hear huh. I will not give commands righteous decrees and my sons will not hear. Their ears will hear. They will hear prayer points. Huh? They will hear godly instructions. Huh? They will hear peaceful resolutions. Huh? In the name of Jesus, I declare that the hearing of the Spirit is in my house, is in my family, is in my ministry. In the name of Jesus, huh? all my ears. Huh? In the name of Jesus, in Gabande Luskuvekeleba, 
I see the Lord opening the ears of people today like gates. I see great gates being flung open in the realm of the spirit. I see gates that have like wind that has grown all over it. And the hinges are full of rust. But I see the angels of God tearing, tearing, tearing all of the weeds and forcing the gates to open up. I perceive in my spirit that somebody is about to return to Eden. Somebody's communion with the Lord is being restored as we pray. Somebody is about to hear again. There's someone here. You used to be a writer because you used to hear divine inspirations. But somehow, something has blocked it. People say it's writer's block. It's a lie. There are demons that are appointed to the ears of men. So that you who used to hear songs from Zion, and you could produce glorious melodies, something has happened. You cannot receive again from the fountain. I declare that this morning, every deaf ear comes open in the name of Jesus. Every deaf ear opens up in the name of Jesus. Every deaf ear opens in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Spiritual deafness, physical deafness, be healed in the name of Jesus. You are not playing based on where I'm going. Somebody's doing work. Do you understand? Uh -huh. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Let the highways of hearing and let I command that demonic entity to get out of your house now. I command that satanic spirit to leave your house now in the name of Jesus. I need you to understand when I speak about the ears, it can easily be manipulated by darkness so that men are not able to hear me. Yesterday's training session, I was teaching you about the power of language and you cannot effectively build if you cannot effectively hear. You cannot effectively galvanize men to follow a vision and give themselves a sacrifice to you if they cannot hear your voice effectively. So you have to understand that there is something about being heard. There are people that will cry about the problems that they are having and nobody is moved to help them because nobody can really hear them. Nobody can really hear them. But I say to you today that you will hear right and when you speak, you will be heard right in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say you are John the Baptist. Others say, I'm reading from verse 13, now I'm in verse 14. Others say you are Elijah. And still others say you are Jeremiah, one of the prophets. They said, but what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. 
Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be losing in heaven and then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the messiah so yesterday i began to teach you from verse 13. he says when jesus came to the region of caesarea philippi he asked the disciples who do people say the son of man is yesterday i began to teach you the power of time location and questions about our perspective of Jesus's identity and I said to you that every time you journey in life there comes a time where Jesus opens up a new season with a question and so when you see questions it is not time to say that you are about to be brought down actually the questions of Jesus are the keys that opens the door to new seasons for you but you cannot open the door until you take Jesus himself who is the key he is the question he is the door and he's the key and so it is within Christ that you find the answer to the seasons of your life. So I said that also location, and I began to explain location. So if you missed yesterday's morning meeting, make sure you go and get it. And I spoke about locations, and we prayed about times and seasons. So but this morning, I just want to pray for you. That to anyone whose timing has been stolen by hell, or anyone whose season has been manipulated by the pits of darkness, anyone whose... Um, cycles have been swallowed up in the bellies of the waters and I see some people where there have been some um, kinds of incantations made and padlocks that were locked and thrown into the sea and they have said this is how her life will be this is how his life will be every generational altar that was raised A covenant bound to one another. And the Bible says that two shall become one flesh. That scripture was not speaking about only sex. That scripture was speaking about the children that are born. Because it is when two come together that a new flesh is born. And so you have to recognize that within your children is the entire infrastructure of your spiritual life and your whole spiritual life coming together to form one flesh so you cannot say that i have dealt with the things in my family line you cannot say i am divorced from my husband so my children are fine no or i have divorced that woman so my, no 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 you have to consistently pray and pray and pray and pray because what a child carries on the inside of him is the eternal divine will of god it is the purpose of his life as given to him by the father but he also carries the brokenness from the bloodline that he has come from you have to understand that that's why it became important that jesus be the seed of a woman only because the blood was not going to come from mary it was going to come from god and you have to understand that there is something about who brings forth a child so every time you look at your children, look at them and see war. It is for you to fight. It is on you to push and to press concerning their lives. Because there are some families that their altars have been so high. 
and be consecrated to demonic entities. And entities are the ones ruling those families. So in those houses, the men don't live long. In those houses, there are certain sicknesses that move through the bloodline. In those houses, there are certain patterns that repeat themselves. The man must to rape somebody and the son will rape another person and rape another person. It's such things that we release the sword of death into lineages. There are certain satanic patterns. Hallelujah. Can you hear me, everyone? I don't have time for my, my wife's family. It's foolishness. You have to sit down and study. The connection is poor. Hmm. Okay, let's do something about that, media. Change it, change it to, to my own connection. Can you mute me for a minute, please? Somebody that said, was speaking to me about a certain person, I said, ah, ah, how come everybody listens to this person? I said, hear me. There is something called God giving to a person the ears of a generation. I said, it is your connection that determines if God can trust you with the ears of a generation. So when you get to that point, everything you say becomes like fire. Why? Because God knows he can trust you. So he will strengthen your connection so that every time you speak, it mobilizes a people unto righteousness and holiness. Yes, Amaka, your voice will have weight in Jesus' name. But you have to make sure that before you pray that prayer, you are asking yourself, what is the quality of my communication? What am I saying? Can the Lord trust the words that come out of my mouth? All right. So... We spoke about, I was speaking to you about studying. And I said, you cannot be a man that will say, oh, I, you know, I don't care about my wife's family. Or a woman, I don't care about my husband's family. You have to study. You have to study. You have to study. You have to study. And you will find out. You will ask questions. You will ask for information. Because inside of all of those questions and information is the key that you need to raise a successful home. And is the key that you need to fight the warfares of life effectively for the sake of your children. So if at now you don't know the patterns in the household, you don't know that there's a strong spirit of poverty that people were covenanted to, then you are joking. Because the future of that family is dependent on your ability to decipher the spiritual codes of the family. So there are codes in families. And your ability to decipher the codes will determine how far you can take the home. We determine the nature of war that you war. We determine the kind of places you will need to enter in the spirit realm. We determine the kind of engagements you will need to make in the spirit for the sake of your seed. So I pray that God gives you wisdom. I pray that God reveals to you. I pray that God strengthens you to do the needed spiritual research 
so that you can arrive at building a house that is founded and strong like the rock in the name of Jesus. There is nobody that builds a house anywhere that does not do survey. Nobody. There is nobody that builds a house that does not test the soil upon which is about to lay foundation. Nobody. There's nobody that builds the house that does not survey the area to determine are they, is there safety here? What kind of people live around here? There's nobody that builds a house that does not determine first what the house will cost him to erect on that land. So what I'm saying is many of us have built with people and have built on people and have built our careers in locations that we never surveyed because we are wise at the things that are simple but we are foolish many times in the things that are destiny-based. So you have to recognize that you cannot effectively build a marriage or build a home without testing the soil of the house you are entering into. What kind of resources are on that land? Is it a barren, dry land that will require that all the days of your life, it is only your, all your spiritual strength will be using it to water the ground so that at least you can get a little crop to eat? Or is it a fertile ground that when anything you plant will grow. Is the land waterlogged? Is it waterlogged? And so you need to um, establish the foundation with more materials. Or is it a rocky terrain? You know that, yes, so it will give you good foundation, but you will have to go somewhere else to be able to get food to eat. You have to understand the land upon which you are building. You have to understand the land of your family, your wife's life, the land of your husband's life. There are some lands that they will plant crops and it will not grow because it is laden with other materials. So when you look at it, you will say, this land is not good. There is no food here. It doesn't have food, but it has gold. It doesn't have food, but it has silver. It doesn't have food, but it has petroleum products. So what sometimes, what seems to be blocking the productivity you are expecting is actually deeper wealth. But you have to discover it because there are families that have lived for centuries and they don't know the blessing within the bloodline. They don't even know what was transferred to them. There are some families that carry royalty in their blood, but their line for leading was truncated by a deceiver. And so they don't even know they carry royalty, but they are like servants in their hometown. So there are some people that God will cause to marry into a home and those are the ones that will bring healing and restoration to that line and i need you to understand what i'm talking about there was a reason why god gave roots to naomi and so even though naomi could not understand what is this little girl following me for and when you even looked at the relationship between ruth and naomi what you will see is just a, a girl who is trying to help an old woman oh passionate ruth but what you don't understand is that god number one was trying to save the lineage of the house where Naomi's husband had come from. So it was by reason of Ruth following her that Ruth connecting to the kinsman redeemer in the form of Boaz was able to restore to that house the identity and the honor. So there are some times when God will bring certain spouses into certain families. It is not just because he saw a fine girl and married her or she saw a handsome man and married him. There is redemption embedded in unity and union. And so you have to be able to understand why God has said 
sent you certain people. Imagine if Naomi chased Ruth away. She probably would not have made the uphill journey back to Bethlehem because of the nature of the terrain. So there are certain people that God will unite you with and they will be the ones that will empower you to make certain journeys. When you look at the life of Ruth in the first couple of years, there was no benefit to her association with Naomi. The only benefit that you could see was that she was just known as the good girl that did not leave this woman whose husband died, whose son died, the other son died. You see, so the other daughter-in-law, Opal, she left and nobody can blame her because when you look at the life of Naomi, Naomi was a broken spectacle. There was nothing good about her. As a matter of fact, she said, change my name from Naomi. Call me bitterness. Call me Mara because I am filled with bitterness. Think about the nature of Naomi. Every day she woke up angry. Every day there was nothing that Ruth could do that was ever good. Every time Naomi would see darkness and pain in everything that they did. I want you to hear me. A bitter mother-in-law does not necessarily mean that she does not carry oil on her head. There are some people that the reason why Satan has caused such bitterness to enter their life is because of the quality of oil that they carry so that they will push people away and nobody will be able to benefit from the grace upon their life so when i told you today to pray for your eyes and for your ears because there are certain benefits in people's lives you will never see until god gives you the grace to see past their brokenness then you can see the goodness and the gold embedded in them so when ruth was following naomi there was a redemption in that line that ruth was going to bring because naomi was too old to marry again and then cause restoration to come so god attached a root to her because ruth then became the root from where redemption will come into their lineage and so you then begin to understand that even for ruth herself she was able to cause a connection to happen between where she had come from and the house of God because there are certain people and certain families and certain villages and locations that will never be restored until they are reconnected with another location that has a covenant with God so there are some people that God will cause you to be joined to and you will be the restoration of the people the land and the lineages that will come out of that area I hope somebody can hear me so when you are a restorer there are initially no benefits to your association with people. When you are called to be a restorer, there is usually no evidence that you are doing anything that makes sense. But it will take the telling of history for people who can track to see the effect of your actions, your actions of love, your actions of patience. So this is how people lose eternal inheritance. Because there is a current teaching that has come from the pits of hell that will say things like, you know, do you, anybody who doesn't make you feel good, cut them down. You see the attack on mental health and the whole story of mental health. Let me tell you what Satan is doing. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Satan is attacking the strength of humanity because he knows once he can attack the mind of humanity, he can attack the manifestation of men. So he tells you, they tell people, say, I have weak mental health. I cannot bear it. You will bear it in Jesus' name. How does God bear the brokenness of the world? How does God bear it? Every day he has to watch many things happen. Yet he will release rain upon the good and the evil. How does God bear it? 
How does he bear the war? How does he bear the pain? How does he bear the brokenness? Every single thing cries out to God. Even an animal that is caught in a trap, it is God he cries out to. How does God bear it? You have to hear me. Because if you can attack the strength of the mind of a people, you have attacked their manifestation. You have attacked who they will be. So let me tell you, please do not give in to the broken sermons from hell. Don't give in to it. You don't have to love all men. You don't have to. Anything you hear, no matter how sweet it sounds, take it back to scriptures. If it contradicts a single word in the Bible, pray it out of your spirit. And pray the strength of truth into your spirit. Because we are being attacked on every side. But we are fortified by the words of the Bible. Can somebody hear me this morning? Can you hear me? So many people would have said to Ruth, Ruth, run away. What are you doing with this old woman that has nothing to give you? Move. But Ruth understood somewhere in her spirit that there is something here. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it will come, but there's something here. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That you will not miss your Naomi, neither would you miss your Ruth. You will not miss your Naomi season, neither would you miss your Ruth season. You will not miss your Naomi opportunity, neither would you miss your Ruth opportunity. But as you make the journey through life, I pray that the Spirit of God will give you discernment for you to be able to perceive everything and everyone that has been erected for the sake of your good and the good of your generations in Jesus' name. You then realize that Jesus was about to cause them to become builders and release the building anointing upon them. But what Jesus began to ask them first is, who do people say I am? Why did Jesus ask them first? Because he knew that he had to drill from outside to inside. He had to drill from the external before he could get to the internal. He had to be able to break the bondage of what they hear so that they could truly hear who he was. And so many times we are angry at people because of what they cannot hear from the inside of them. But the problem is, it is not, the inside is not the problem. The problem is what is outside. That's why you can see a strong believer, strong believer, get into certain companies of people and they begin to violate the very sacred sacred things that establishes them in the faith and then you ask yourself how how is this possible because there's something about the impact of the external on the on the on the internal there is something about the impact you may carry holiness on the inside of you you may carry covenant on the inside of you but when the things around you are constantly suffocating the life on the inside they are terrors that have come to suffocate the seed of righteousness it becomes hard for that seed to manifest so what jesus was doing is that he was clearing the path for the true spiritual to come forth from the inside of them. You then begin to realize that this is what happened to men like Lot. The Bible says that when Lot left, left Abraham, that Lot pitched his tent close to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
So what Lot did was that his tent was facing Sodom and Gomorrah. Initially, he was not inside the city. But for every day that Lot will wake up, he will hear the songs, he will hear the rejoicing, he will hear the screams of the kind of sexual orgies they were having in Sodom. And somehow, somehow, the next time we heard about Lot was that Lot had become an elder in Sodom and Gomorrah. I need you to understand something, that where you pitch your tent close to will eventually determine where you will become a leader in. If you pitch your tent close to fornicators and adulterers, there is no way you will not commit adultery in the future. It's impossible. If you pitch your tent close to people who violate the standards of God, there is no way you will not violate God's standard. But if you pitch your tent and somehow you become like Daniel, the Bible says even though he was in Babylon that was 200 miles away from Jerusalem, the Bible says every day that Daniel will intentionally open his windows towards Jerusalem. Why? So that in the realm of the spirit he was declaring that I may be in a strange land but my ear is still sold out to my homeland. I may be in a land of brokenness, adultery, and sorceries, but the ears of my spirit is still sold out to the melody of Zion. What you pitch your tent close to can be determine who you are and what you do. So as we teach about building, I need you to hear me because there are some decisions that are worthy of being taken because of the future you want to have. Because of the kind of destiny you want to build, some decisions are worthy of being taken. There are people that relocate to be close to their mentors. They pitch their tent there. Why? Because they understand that there is something about what you are close to. There are people who say to me, oh, Pia, you know, you're my leader and my mother. I say, I'm not. Because you will hear me doing 21 days fasting and prayer and you don't show up. You will say, I'm teaching, you don't show up. I'm teaching courses, you don't show up. I'm not your leader, I'm not your pastor. I cannot be. Because you see, the first covenant between a follower and a leader is hearing. It's hearing. What do you hear me say? What do you see me do? So you cannot do that effectively from a distance. And I'm not just talking about physical distance. I'm talking about spiritual distance. I'm talking about spiritual distance. Can you hear me? Can you see me? All of these things are marks of covenant in the spirit realm. So Jesus was fighting the external so that he may pull out what is on the inside of them. Before we go on this morning, I want to ask you, what is on the outside around you that is making it hard for you to hear God's building instructions? What is making it so hard? For some of you, it's the rat race of life. It makes it so hard for you to hear God's instructions. You have just been caught in that trap. Get up in the morning, 4 a.m. Okay, have your bath. We are running. Our office is four hours away from our house. And we are hustling. Somebody else is making the money you make in five months. Another person is making it in one day. Sit back and ask yourself. And that person does not even have half the talents that you have. But some of us, what is making us go on in the grind? It's not because we love the grind or believe in it. For some people, they actually love to, to do certain kinds of work, great. But for some people, it's just because they are too afraid to take the risk of finding out what is on the inside of them. And I need you to hear me clearly. Because Jesus said, upon this work, I will build my church. 
So there are many things that you are not building and many things you cannot build because the rock on the inside of you, you have not fully discovered it. In the midst of 12 disciples, only one person found that rock. Only one person entered the place of revelation. Only one person broke into understanding. One person. So there is a rock that can become the foundation upon which the next greatest invention will be born out of your life. That rock is on the inside of you. There is a rock that can be the standard upon which a generation will be delivered from immorality. That rock is on the inside of you. But there are a lot of distractions. Even some people can be... Have you, found, have you seen some people that don't ask for permission to be in your life? They will intrude and they will push and they make a whole lot of noise. They want you to pick all their calls. They want to talk all the time. They want to tell you about who did this, who did that. They want you to gossip with them. Don't you understand that the quality of a man's conversations determine the quality of his engagement in life and in the spirit? So there are some things I cannot speak to you about. Impossible. Go and look for another best friend that will do that with you. There are some things you cannot afford to be comfortable in because the quality of your conversation determines the quality of your engagement. It is settled. I don't know if you can hear me this morning. So there are distractions all around. Noise. There was something the Lord was saying to me recently, and I shared it with some friends of mine. One of those days, I went to drop, drop off somebody at the, the gate of my estate. And as I was on my way back, I, I didn't put on my seatbelt because after I dropped the person, I was like, oh, come down, get into your taxi. Okay, bye, bye, bye. You know, and I go back into my car. I was like, ah. The house is just one minute from the estate gates. I mean, what can possibly go wrong between the gate of the estate and my own house? So I didn't wear my seatbelt. And I was driving to my house. And look, that was the longest one minute of my entire life. Because the noise of the seatbelt, I was like, what is this? It was screaming as though rapture is happening. You are not being taken up. Where are your seatbelts? I was... So by the time I was like 30 seconds to my house, I was so tempted. I was like, look, I'm just going to wear the belt. I'm just going to wear the belt. Let me have peace. You know? And through all of this, the Lord was speaking to me. Because after I dropped the person, the Lord started speaking. But I couldn't hear him. All I could hear was the noise of the belt. And then the voice of God was raised a little bit higher. And God said, Isi, can you hear me? I said, I can hear you now. He said, but the noise is too much, right? I said, yes. And he said to me, he began to say to me, this is what this person does to you. This is what this thing does to you. This is what this place does to you. And God began to point out noise-making circumstances, people, situations, and all of that in my life. And he says, as long as you sit in the noise, no matter how much I speak, it becomes hard for you to hear me. And then the Lord said to me, at some point, at that point I was hearing the Lord, mind you, I had not worn the seatbelt. And God said to me, but what's happening now? You can hear me. And I said, yes, Lord. He said, why do you think that is? I said, because I have kind of zoomed out from the noise and I have zoomed into your voice. And God said, yes. God says, at a certain level, you can master the noise and begin to hear in the midst of it. 
And you know, it's the same way some Nigerians, when you live in an area where the people cannot afford silent generators, where everybody has what we call, I better pass my neighbor. Who knows that generator? It's a generator that dances on its own. When you plug it, you draw a zoom, 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 the generation begins, you know, the generation, you see the generator moves all around. So when you see where they place all the generators, it's like a choreography. All the gens are dancing. It's called, I better pass my neighbor. You understand? So when you live in an area where everybody has, I better pass my neighbor, you are bound to get accustomed to the noise. It's normal. As a matter of fact, when they bring back the light and everywhere is quiet, you're like, what, what did it happen? Why everywhere quiet? Because it's abnormal to be in quietness if and yet have light. I hope somebody can hear me. It then becomes abnormal to have light and yet everywhere is quiet because the people have been trained to see through the noise. Now, God said to me, you can get to a place where you have zoned out the noise and yet you can hear me. And I said, wow, Lord, give me the power to be able to hear you. And God said, but there's another level. He said, there's another place and this is dangerous. He said, you get to a place where the only way you can hear is where there's noise. Because your ears have been so trained to hear through the noise. He said, that place is dangerous. That is the place where people become victims of abuse and victims of manipulation and they cannot leave. Because the only way they have trained their lives to hear and to see God is through the pain. That is when you find people that don't know how to pray or cry before the Lord if there's no problem. The only time they know how to worship God is when they worship is, oh God, oh God, oh, you will fight for me. When you hear, he fights for me. Those are the songs that move you. Only, just if it's just a song of, just no more, you will be beautiful. You were beautiful. It's like, oh, man, who is doing beauty contests with God? Let's just move on. Let's move on to major prayers. Oh, Jemba, mighty man of battle. Hey! Every time I have you, we wake up. Because you have been trained to worship through the noise, through the pain, through the struggle, through the fear. That's the only way you know how to touch his garment. But may God deliver you today. May God rescue you today. May God break all these external interferences that make it hard for you to receive Jesus. May God give you the strength to be able to deal with the affairs and make decisions that empower you to hear him properly. You know, there was something that my sister said to me when I was sharing with her um, what God was saying to me. She said to me, man, you see, you just have to put those people and situations on seatbelts. She said, where then the seatbelt and the noise will stop? And we laughed. But you know, it was true. Sometimes you need to belt up some people. Just put them on seatbelts. Stop moving around. Stop talking. Stop making noise. You need to put on the seatbelt for certain situations in your life. Strap them in. Strap some of the some situations. You need to buy car seats for them. Put them inside and tighten the belts very well. So that it stops distracting you because you are driving somewhere. You are building something. Can somebody hear me this morning? Now, they replied to Jesus and they said, Jesus, this is who they say you are. You are John the Baptist, you are this, you are that, you are that. And I said to people yesterday, on many levels they were right about the different dimensions that they said Jesus was. 
But as you go further in, somebody is more concerned about the name of the generator than this sermon I'm preaching right now. <laughs> it's called, I better pass my neighbor. Can a, can a Nigerian type it for the person, please? A Nigerian, help out, help out. This lady needs revelation. It's called, I better pass my neighbor. If you Google it, you will not find it. It has a different name, a different name. <laughs> So, um, let me concentrate this morning. So you then realize that on many levels they were right because they were speaking from the obvious things, you know, that surround them. <laughs> oh, okay, I hear it's on Google. If you type, I better pass my neighbor, you'll find it. <laughs> And you know why it's uh, IBM, IPP. And you know why I better pass my neighbor is good? Because people in that are not wealthy, students, people in poor locations, it's I better pass my neighbor that they are able to buy. You understand? So when you buy it, it's a statement that you are better than your neighbors. While they dwell in darkness, you dwell in the city of light. When you buy a better pass my neighbor, you are like Goshen in the midst of Egypt. You understand? Light emanating from you. Everybody will come and watch the next Telemundo show in your house. So it's a statement, I better pass my neighbor. You get what I'm talking about? Now, let's just take it a little bit into Revelation a little bit. You then understand that sometimes when you don't have the wealth of the spirit to be able to buy silent generators that are powerful but they don't make so much noise, when you don't have it, at least buy a better pass my neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Buy a better pass my neighbor. Don't say PI. I cannot pray. Wow, we have an image to go with it. Praise God. So don't say PI. I cannot pray. PI, I don't have what it takes to generate spiritual energy. At least get I better pass my neighbor. Even if it's our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come that you can pray. Pray it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even if it's that you will join this call and anything I say, just say it after me. When you start for my better past my neighbor, you will say that you begin to generate spiritual energy. And at some point, you will go up in the spirit realm and you yourself will become a generating plant in the realm of the spirit. Do the one that you can. When you see a generation or a church filled with I better past my neighbor people, you will know a lot of noise but no impact in life in society. A lot of noise, but no transformation. A lot of noise, but no movement, grace, and increase. So I better pass my neighbor is good on a certain level, but after another level, you need to grow up to become a luminary in yourself. Your entire life is a life, life and light-giving spirit. Everything about you proceeds, counsel, counsel, wealth of knowledge, inspiration, and, and honor. Everything about you becomes a luminary. So you start with a better pass, my neighbor, and you move forward into higher levels where you become like a plant. You can power an entire city. You power nations onto light. That is where God is taking us to. Praise God. Uh -huh. So can we leave uh, IBPN? BNBPH. <laughs> and let's move on to the gospel of Jesus. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. It still falls within the realm of at all, at all, nine bad paths. And you have to say it with an accent, at all, at all, nine bad paths. You know, so um, you have to have at least something. Praise God. All right. So Jesus began to, to say to them, um, they said you are John the Baptist. They say you are this. They say you are that. They say you are this. And you then realize that the things that they said, I taught you people yesterday evening. If you miss the evening session, please don't miss it again in the name of Jesus. Uh -huh. So yesterday evening, I taught you people and I began to say to you that the things they said were correct in a sense because the expressions of Christ that they were seeing where it looked like Elijah, it looked like Elisha, it looked like Jeremiah, it looked like all of these things. They were speaking for flesh and blood. The things that normal analysis can do for you. The things that if you hire an intelligent person, they can plot the graph and tell you. You don't even need a prayer session to know it. That's, that, that's what they were telling him. Now in verse 15, Jesus then said to them, now that we have gone past the external, who do you say that I am? He says, but what about you? Now we have been able to deal with the noise and everything that you hear from the outside. But what about you? Remember, where was Jesus going to? He wanted to build. Listen. Me standing here and telling you that for 21 days, I will teach you in the morning, I will teach you in the evening. I will pray with you in the morning, I will pray with you in the evening. Where do you think that kind of strength comes from? It comes from the fact that I have gone through situations where Jesus has used them to deal with my external. He has, I, you see, what do men say concerning you in this regard? What do you see? What is the world saying to you? What is your finances saying to you? What is your external strength saying to you? I have sat with Jesus to discuss all the many reasons why I cannot. Then Jesus said to me, okay, but what about you? What do you believe? And I started to declare, I believe that it is possible for the Spirit of God to power a man to wait on the Lord for 21 days. Teach and pray in the morning, teach and pray in the evening, I believe. That it is possible for the hand of God to come upon a person, I believe. That God can expand the spirit of a woman and she becomes an entire real estate of wealth, of knowledge and inspiration in the realm of the Spirit. I believe that God can possess me. And Jesus said, let it be done unto you according to your faith. So you need to understand that what I am doing right now is built upon the rock of revelation that I got after the Lord pierced through the external noise and then came into the inside of me. It then begins to inspire all my decisions. Because I tell you the truth, by the time I was leaving Ghana on the 2nd of January, I told my husband, all I feel like doing is telling you and the boys, bye, I see you off at the airport, you go back to Nigeria. I said that I will turn my back towards the gate of Dubai, the land of enjoyment and plenty, plenty, plenty of food and restaurants. And I will head towards there. Then it's from the beach that I will see me with my sunglasses. I'll be sharing deep wisdom. You know, guys, I'm just on the beach right now and the Lord just spoke to me. I just want to share it real quickly with you. Do you understand? Have you seen those Instagram videos? I'm like, Auntie, why would the Lord share with you right now? <laughs> When you are in Bahamas, of course you have inspiration. Share it with me. Do you understand? So, um, I said to him, I said, this is all I feel like doing right now. I said, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. 
Like I just, I just, I just need a month of enjoyment, pure enjoyment. And my husband said, ah, you can go, but that means you postpone the fasting and prayer. As soon as he said it, hey, everything in my spirit jumped. I knew that there are some things you can play with, there are some things you cannot play with. God does not call you to a task and you adjust the parameters of your obedience. You are already in danger the moment you begin to adjust obedience. And I said, ah, babes, let me forget about this trip first. I know it is not possible. It's not because I don't have the money or I cannot afford it. It's not because I cannot manipulate my way into it and defend it before men and brethren. As a matter of fact, if you've seen my life in the past one year, even you will tell me, P.I., this is a great idea. But you see, I don't stand or fall before men. I stand or fall before my master. And the reason why it is my master I stand or fall before is because my master is the one that knows the depth of resources that I have inside me. He knows when I'm playing small and he knows when I am executing well. So it is only my master and I could tell that my master needed me to do this. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So Jesus said to them, but what about you? What about you? So there's a way the world teaches you to respond and there is a way that God teaches you to respond. You can be going through a bad situation now and according to the ways of the world, you should be broken, you should be crying, you should be in pain. Do you understand? But in the spirit you can tell that God is strengthening a different kind of response on the inside of you. So I always say to people, I refuse to complain about a thing that grace has given me the capacity to bear. And it's the truth. What can I say if grace has given me strength? Why should I lie about it? Now, Jesus said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? So Jesus was calling them to do a deep dive and introspection. They should shut down the opinions of men and find the personal position that is based on the experience of Christ, conclusions about who Christ is, and their willingness to embrace further perspective of Christ. I need you to hear me. Because what you're going to build in this next season is determined on, is based on these three things. So Jesus saying, who do you say that I am? Jesus was trying to pull out from them revelation. So the next level that God is calling you to is to shut down men's opinion. And your personal position should be based on one, your experience of Jesus. Who have you known him to be? This is why when great men prayed and people like David prayed, they will say things like, I have known you to be my shepherd. And they will begin to recount the goodness of God, begin to recount the blessings of God, begin to recount the faithfulness of God. In the day that I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, you were there with me. When, my, when King Saul, my father, sought to kill me and take my life, it was you that preserved me in the caves of Adolan, on the plains of Ziklag. Oh, in the day that Laban sought to take away from me the reward for preserving his household and his properties, and he came and he slandered me. It was you that sent Abigail to keep my hand from bloodshed and preserve my name. But it was you that was my avenger, and you took life away from the one that abused me. Oh my God, if you were able to rise up for me in the day that the world sought to take me down, in the day that the 
enemy sought to eat my flesh. You became my preservation. You are the one, oh God, that causes a bigger noise to happen, to distract men from the small noise of my life. You, oh God, are the one that will give nations and kings as a ransom for my life. Ah! You begin to recount your experience of Jesus. Who have you known him to be? Who have you known him to be? And the next thing that will determine your next personal opinion is that you will now stand upon the conclusions of who he is. Because there are some people that have experienced grace, but they have refused to conclude that it is grace. There are some people that have experienced divine empowerment, but they have refused to conclude that it came from God. I don't know if you are with me this morning. Your experience of him, your conclusions of him, and then the third thing is your willingness to embrace further perspectives of him. So you may have experienced him. You may have concluded about him. But are you willing to go deeper? These are the three things that will determine if God can pull out of you the rock upon which he will build in the next season. I want you to begin to pray. What is your experience? Begin to declare who God is to you. Last night I taught you about language. You must have language. And part of the base to strengthen your language is speak about the God you know. Come on, wherever you are, begin to speak about the God you know. Begin to speak about how great he has been to you. Begin to speak about his mercies towards you. Begin to speak about his graciousness towards you. Have you ever, ever been blessed by God? Have you ever been strengthened by God? Think about it. It is Satan that leads us into a state of unthankfulness. The great things that God has given to you and placed in your hand. Visions that three years ago, four years ago, nobody would have trusted you with them. God has entrusted those things into your hand. And Satan wants you to see only the stress in it. Hey! Begin to declare who he has been to you. Begin to declare what he has done for you. Remember the goodness of God. Remember the ways of God. Remember the sustenance of God. Remember the days you sat down on your bed and you pleaded with the Lord to deliver you. And the next thing you heard, that God changed the policies of nations because of you. The next thing you heard, that great men that stood as stumbling blocks on your way died. You did not even dare to say that it was God responding because it was too great a matter to believe that it was the hand of the Lord. Remember what God has done because your ability to declare that you are Jesus, the Son of the living God, is dependent upon your capacity to indeed decree that this is what the Lord has done. The rock that will come out of you, that will be the building platform for the next season, is dependent upon your conviction. It's dependent upon your revelation. It's dependent upon your resolution to go further with the Lord. Declare, 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 declare. You can type it on the chat box. Who has God been to you? What are the dramatic things that Jesus has done in your life? What are the unbelieving miracles that Jesus did for you? When people hear it, they say, ah, how is it possible? When people hear it, they say, what? This was what happened to you? There are some of you that you carried a baby without a womb. Who could have done that? Who could have done that? There are some of you, they declare that everything about you is dry. Nothing else can come out of your life. One day you went on your knees and you began to pray. 
God deliver me from the limitation of my father's house. God deliver me from the altars of my mother's house. God break the chains of satanic covenants that I knew nothing to do about it, but somehow I was bound to it by birth. Break the chains for me, oh God. God release me. As somehow you stand today as a man and a woman of honor, but you have never told the world it is God. You knew him, you, you knew it was the hand of a higher power, but you never declared him to be the one. Declare it this morning. As you pray, begin to think about Jesus. As you pray, begin to think about Jesus. Some of you were in the pit of shame and Jesus brought you out. Satan targeted your life. And he said 2023 will be the last year that you will have faith. But somehow you are standing. Somehow you are still praising God. Hey, hey. Is he not the one that causes that instructs your spirit and causes faith to rise up on the inside of you? Is he not the God that restores your soul? Is he not the master that fights to the enemy territory to give you a cup of refreshing? Ah, Jesus. When great men rose up against you, is he not the God that terrified kings for your sake? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Alamesoni kanamesulabai. Jesus, all the glory belongs to you. Jesus, all the praise belongs to you. Jesus, all the power belongs to you. Jesus, we remember your goodness. We remember you, Lord. Jesus, we remember. And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Listen, your personal revelation of Christ is going to be the rock upon which we build this year. You will take that revelation into every aspect of life. And that will become the rock upon which you will build. When Simon Peter said it, Jesus said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father that is in heaven. Somebody please pray this morning. God, reveal to me the dimension of Christ 
that I need to see, I need to hear, I need to know to be able to build and erect everything that you want to build through my life in 2024. Please make that prayer. Reveal to me the dimension of Christ that I need to know. Show me Jesus, an aspect of yourself. Show me an outworking of your grace and truth. Show me the river channels that I need to jump into so that I may participate in your grace. Show me, O oh God. Show me, O oh God. Show me, O oh God. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father that is in heaven. So Peter had an individual, a personalized conviction about who God is. In this season of building, you have to have a personalized conviction for you to build. You have to have an understanding that you need to be saved in order to build. You need to be saved. There are parts of our life that need salvation. And I need you to hear me. Some of us, we have given our spirits to Christ, but our minds are still possessed by the world. That's why you are still struggling to build your marriage. Because every time you want to do what is spiritually right, the world will come and hit you and say to you, for what? Women right now have their own rights. How can you allow a man tell you yes or no? You are a person of your own standard. Please, what does the Bible say? For some of you, you have tried to build businesses. You have used all the strategies in the world that you know and they have failed. And the reason why is because you don't understand that as it comes to the ability to punch numbers, comes to the ability to be able to project into future gains, you actually need the salvation of God. Your mind is not yet delivered from patterns of poverty. Your mind is not yet delivered from fears of lack. So even when you are building and crafting a business plan, you are doing it from the fear and the need for quick profit. So it becomes hard for you to be a visionary builder because you are yet bound by the fear of lack and poverty. You need salvation in that area. For some of you, it's the reason why you are still single. Because of the way that your heart and emotions respond when a person tells you, I want to have a relationship with you. There are still mental strongholds in your mind. Strongholds that have nothing to do with the blood of Jesus. And those have become the limitation of your life. You need to ask God to save you this morning. Ask God to save you so that you don't shipwreck your own opportunities. So that you don't build a house and tear it down with your own hand. So that in this 2024, you will not be left behind. When all of us come to this altar and start to share our testimonies. So that you will also have a testimony to share. If you will build this year, you must believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You must believe that Jesus can do all things. Jesus can be a great doctor and a great soldier. Jesus can enter the operating theater with you and stand with you and tell you, okay, cut that, sow that. And they say, ah, oh, the person is bleeding. Now what do we do? Everybody's panicking. And Jesus will tell you, calm down. There is something deep down inside there that you missed. And he will show you what to teach. Jesus can. You need to believe that he's not just the savior of your soul, but he's the savior of your national policies. 
he can tell you the kind of policies to propose to the kings to save the land. You have to believe that Jesus is an event planner. And you have to believe that Jesus can tell you the next kind of decor, the next, next kind of structuring of centers that will pull people, that will cause people to say, wow, this has never been done. You have to believe that Jesus is the Messiah prophet margins. He can show you how to plug um, um, all, your, all your different revenue areas and show you where you are losing money. You need to believe that Jesus can be your CEO. Believe that he's the Messiah. Bring him back into the affairs of your life. Believe that Jesus is the greatest intercessor ever. So when you fall on your knees and you are struggling to pray, tell him, Jesus, please, can you, can you come and stay beside me? And pray, let me hear you pray. I was going to go to bed with me. I said, let's pray. And then I pray. He prayed powerfully. And he said, okay, let's go to bed. And then started. Then he some things. And he prayed He has gone, but God, and bring Jesus. Internet has gone off. Put it on main one. I listened to him pray. Okay, I was talking about the prayers. Can you hear me now? That Judah was praying yesterday. And as I listened to him pray, I could hear some vocabulary that had come from me, had come from Nathan, had come from his father. And I could tell that people learn by looking and listening and I said to myself I said you know anything we need in this life let us just tell Jesus to come and model it for us if you can watch him and how he engaged then it can radically change every single thing that you will do in this season and the last thing you need to know as I close this morning remember God is fully invested 
in what you are about to build. I know it's hard to believe it, but God is your greatest investor. God is fully invested in it. I stand here right now to preach the gospel. God is invested in it. That is why he will strengthen me day and night. When I run my courses, God is invested in it. That is why God will give me curriculums, give me structure, give me patterns. When we run our oil and gas business, God is invested in it. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, I want you to know that you will build this year, but you will build by the hand of God. You will build by the strength of the Spirit, and you will build by the convictions of who Jesus is. We haven't finished what I started yesterday. We will continue on this path tomorrow. I will finish that Matthew 16 because there's so much there that is the establishment for our building season. And after Matthew 16, then we will go on to how to build by design. But we will finish this one tomorrow. But later tonight, we will continue. And later tonight, I will begin to teach you um, remember we started building protocols and we didn't finish building protocols. The first protocol was the protocol of divine revelation. So we started that and I will tell you the remaining three protocols later today. Um, today I will start at 7 p.m. It will be put up on YouTube, Beverly. Um, I will start at 7 p.m. today. Please be here on time. Um, try to join the Zoom call a few minutes before 7 but I can promise you that I will begin today at 7 and end at 8 for one hour. And I will teach you the remaining three building protocols um, that you need to establish everything that God is calling you to build in this season. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will sustain your heart so that next couple of days you'll be able to stay on this path i want to pray that god will give you grace so that you will not break down in the midst of us i pray that will preserve your body i pray to heal your mind heal your spirit heal your soul i want to pray for prayer life that god will that as you go through the next 20 days, that God will cause you to pray like never before. That you will break into new tongues. That you will break into new speech. That you will break into new language. I pray that God will show you the path of ascension. So that as you go through the next 20 days, that you will be able to record observable ascensions in every aspect of your life in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will take away noise makers from your life. And God will take away noise-making situations. I pray that in a case where God cannot remove the people, that God will give you the grace to know how to shut out noise so that you will not miss the voice of God and the timings of God that are embedded in your new season. I pray that 2024 will be the year where you will teach your sons and your daughters how to possess their souls by the Spirit. I pray that God will give your voice weight and God will give your voice strength of language so that when you speak, even if it's to a four-year-old or to a 90-year-old, they will hear you in the name of Jesus. And as you grow in all of this, may you grow in trust. May you grow in covenant. May you grow in 
dedication to the ways of God. And for anyone who is struggling with addiction, who is struggling with brokenness, who is struggling with fear, today I command those things to break their hold of you. And I release the power of the Holy Ghost upon everything that you are doing. Let the breath of God enter the systems of your life so that they will become powerful, powerful instruments that release grace and opportunity to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are blessed. Remember to set your fire alarms and to pray every three hours. Even if it's for five minutes, even if it's for 10 minutes, pray every three hours. Join prayer in at 12 o'clock to pray in the spirit for 30 minutes. So they will do 12 to 12.30. Join them at 12 p.m. every day. Make sure you join a prayer ring group. And remember, 7 p.m. we are back here. Break your fast with fruits, with vegetables, with food. But make sure you pray before you break your fast. Pray before you break your fast. Pray before you break your fast. Do not waste the energy of fasts by just putting food in your mouth and no prayer. That is not a fast. Bring all your prayer points before God. Write out everything that you are believing God for. Please write it all out. What you are believing the Lord to do for you by the end of these 21 days. Let your fast have a target. And after you write it, let the last point be, God, exceedingly and above posted on all my itinerary tomorrow i'm ministering at um, ecclesia hills in the morning i'm preaching about the builders code um you can join me there or you can stream online on monday i am with apostle um, daughters of destiny and we're going to be praying and interceding if you're around that area you can come and you can also join um, if you're around that area it's a time of of prayer praise jesus um, I will keep you posted on what we're doing. And I'm looking forward there. Uh, I spoke to people about Luminary, um, the 12 people that I'm coaching, the private coaching program. So if you're part of that 12, I hope you're excited and you're looking forward to the first week in February when we'll begin our Luminary program for seven months. These 12 people are going to be going through um, intensive training, intensive teaching, intensive coaching sessions with me. And the aim of it all is that um, God will cause them to emerge into the people that the Lord has created them to be. And like I said to you this morning, at a point you have to go past, I better pass my neighbor and enter into becoming the power plant that generates energy for nations and cities. And I believe that this is what God is going to do with his people. Um, yes, there's space for you to join Luminary. No matter how Luminary grows, it remains cohorts of 12. 
So there is yet space for you to join if you want to be part of that program. And um, the admin can put up the link for those who still want to join, but I will close registration in another week and a half. So if you want to be part of Luminary, you still have some time. I remember people who are part of Luminary have access to every single thing I'm doing in the year 2024. All the courses, all the trainings, all the programs, everything you have access to it for free. You never have to do anything um, when I have a program. And also we will go away for one week. I have already started planning with my events planner where we are going to, the nation we are going to. and what every single day of those seven days will look like when we go away on our retreats. It's going to be life transforming and I hope that as many people as possible that can make it are there. God bless you. I am looking forward to teaching you later this evening. I'm looking... <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about what will happen to all of us when we get to day 21. Do you understand what I'm talking about? By the time we get to day 21, God would have taken all our minds and turned it and it's like, oh my gosh. I'm just laughing because I can see what Jesus has planned. So I'm looking forward to making this journey with you. Pray for me. Keep me in prayer. Keep my home and my family, my children in prayer. Because you know, Satan is a noise maker. So he wants to make noises to distract me. But keep me in your prayer. And at the end of the month, we will have a prayer conference. Some of you can choose to fly into Nigeria for that prayer conference. You understand? Flying. Let us all pray together and meet at the altar. You've been part of prayer reign for months, for years. This is your time to come in and be part of the prayer conference for three days at the feet of Jesus. God bless you all. I love you very, very much. And, and I pray that God will manifest everything that we declare here in your life. In Jesus' name. Have a glorious day. The day is already sealed by the blood. And the day is made to favor you. The gates of the day have been opened unto you and the blessings of the day are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.